Joshua Ambrovic aims to revolutionize the conventional aesthetics, the design and systems of our world. His work revolves around exploring new possibilities in architecture, apparel, digital art and other media. As a student at the Rhode Island School of Design, Joshua challenges what is regarded as the future and what is considered as the present. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Yeah, so I'm Joshua Bromwich, and I'm a designer currently attending my third year at the Rhode Island School of Design. I'm majoring in architecture, but my work also consists of fashion and digital art. Mm. Yeah, I've never heard of anyone combining these two subjects. Why Why are you interested in both of them? Um, I'd say for a long time, I've, I've been interested in going into architecture. Um, that is my main focus. Um, but Sort of the problem within architecture is that I can't actually have anything built until I have my own firm. And like as a designer, I have this like need to create like the final product. So fashion sort of allows me to design and conceptualize things and actually create them. And I also like the the fact that fashion is something that's wearable. Um, so I can design something and have people wear it throughout their day rather than just designing spaces. So I like to merge the two together. Mm, that's really unique. I've never heard of anyone merging the two, but I love that. Has that always been the case or did the fashion side come later when you felt like you needed this creative expression? I will say um, when I look at a lot of in- in- inspiring buildings uh, within the field of architecture, you oftentimes have people inside the buildings wearing suits, very traditional garments, and it felt a little strange to me. And then when you see um, like contemporary fashion brands or futuristic fashion brands um, like worn in the streets, it, it, it also seems a little bit odd that the two aren't together. So I wanted to merge fashion and architecture um, because it just felt natural to me. Yeah, that's so cool. Like almost matching what people are wearing to the building they're in. Like you, yeah. that's something that I personally have never thought about or heard of. So that's that's a really cool way to look at it. That's really cool. The, the reason I wanted to speak to you today was because of your Young Arcs page. So why don't you also tell me what that is? Yeah, so it's an Instagram account that I actually initially started in high school. Um, and it was to join the architecture student community that I witnessed uh, throughout undergraduate and graduate programs. Mm. And what is the purpose of it? Uh, so the account offers students uh, with incredible designs a larger audience. And I also wanted to foster a community of young architects by sharing student work, studio videos, memes, resources, events, etc. Yeah, so really kind of building a community around architecture. Yeah. Yeah, and are the other people who follow this account and who interact with it, are they purely focused on architecture or do they also like to merge fashion and architecture together? I'd say my main audience is architecture students, Mm. Although the account has grown a significant amount throughout the years, so it's expanded to just 
um, general like people that are interested in architecture. Yeah, and this is a kind of going back to what you were saying before. So obviously you're studying architecture. I assume that only focuses on the building side rather than on clothes, or does it? Or is there a way that you can bring this into it as well? Yeah, so actually my my interest in architecture um, includes tensile structures, uh, which are made out of like um, fabric-like materials, and you use like structures to to shape the fabric. So actually last year when I was creating my architecture models, I was like using fabric and experimenting with that. And then also something that's great about RISD is that you have all these majors in different disciplines and you can actually take classes in different majors. So I have taken an apparel class and I w- would really like to take some textiles classes as well. Yeah, that's really great when unis offer that because, yeah, you're able to expand and test out new things. So that's that's good. But so you were saying that you could test out some of your architecture designs with fabrics. Is Can you explain a bit more about that? I don't think I've ever heard of that. Yeah, it, it was actually um, quite a unique experience because it was after I took an apparel class, so I, I gained that experience. And then I basically took... Um, stretched nylon fabric and I created different patterns uh, which is like I guess the traditional um, apparel method for creating garments and then I used that to create my architectural architectural models so I would pin down the fabric and then I would create like these these wireframe structures that actually like uplifted the the nylon fabric so I was able to create these like pavilions and these tent-like structures creating the the model methods of fashion and architecture. Wow. What was your response from that, from your course leaders? It was definitely a significant response. Um, I think I gained an identity at the school for having a very particular style of architecture and fashion. And I, I'd say everyone in the studio knows that I'm like obsessed with tensile structures. Mm. That's cool. That's really unique. And I think, yeah, it just shows that you have this passion for combining fashion and architecture. And obviously, yeah, no, it's really cool. But you also create things using 3D, don't you? So I wanted to ask a bit more about how your journey with 3D creation began as well. Yeah, so I actually began experimenting with 3D design software since middle school. So it's been a long journey. Mm, and what did you use? Um, I actually started off with Google SketchUp. I think that's a great software to start with. And then through the process of learning more softwares, I watched like tutorials of different rendering tools And then I learned Autodesk Revit and I watched some tutorials for softwares I didn't even like get to try until a later time, but it was just to to introduce me to the possibilities of using 3D design softwares. Yeah. And were you always designing uh, buildings with these softwares or have you ventured into designing garments with them? Yeah. So at first it was strictly buildings Um, like since I was 13, I spent most of my free time learning, 
um, in creating indie softwares. And I sort of use them to work on projects, competition entries, and I watch some tutorials as well. Um, it wasn't until I got to RISD that I started venturing out of architecture and using these softwares for, I guess, unconventional methods. So like designing shoes, um, potentially furniture design. Yeah. And were these things, designing shoes, designing furniture, was this in your free time as well? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That's cool. And you also said that you entered competitions. Did you ever win anything? Um, when I was in middle school, I did not win any, but it was a great experience. Um, and also, it wasn't just about the competitions, but it was sort of a justification to work on a new project. Yeah. So, like, I think sometimes um, having constraints or parameters actually um, promotes the work that you do. Uh, rather than having this like empty void of like being able to create anything. So having the constraints of like what the competition requirements were or what the guidelines were actually like helped me create better work. Yeah, like actually force you to do something rather than just having too many options that you don't do anything. Yeah, exactly. I hear that. Um, so do you use 3D technology with every project you do with uni? Do you, what do you think the benefits are of using it? Uh, I'd say because of the curriculum, uh, especially at RISD in architecture, we use 3D software for everything. Um, for, some, some, for some assignments or classes, it may not be as emphasized, um, but for all majority of my independent projects I use 3D design softwares. Um, I will say that I work more f physically when I'm working on garments. I don't use the like new uh, pattern making tools I've seen for like using digital softwares um, or really any digital uh, representation methods for like rendering. Uh, I'd say the one exception was the shoes. I see shoes as like um, more similar to designing buildings than to designing garments. That's really interesting. Yeah. So I was I was going to ask this. So mm. obviously the skills you learn to design buildings is very different to the skills you learn to design garments. But you've just said that shoes and buildings come together. Why is that? Yeah. So as architects, we don't say that we design buildings. We say that. Uh, we design spaces, uh, and then like you can you can argue that by by developing spaces, we also need to develop forms. So when you're creating a shoe, the main space is something that will wrap around your foot, and then you have to develop the form that'll wrap around your foot. So that doesn't necessarily have to be fabric, especially now when we have like three D printing technologies and alternative methods for creating shoes um, and also like plastic materials. So I'd say that that designing shoes is, is more similar to designing buildings because you have to, um, you have to design something that will create that space for the foot. Yeah. And has footwear yes. design always been something you're interested in? Not necessarily. I was at, I was actually experimenting in the 3D design software 
And that's actually how I learned the most from it. Um, so I can just like talk a little bit about like the experience. Mm. Um, so it was actually last winter. I stayed up one night playing in Rhino. And this like sort of leisurely experimentation is when I produced my best work. So just like listening to music, trying different digital tools and staying up until 6 a.m., like making something awesome. Mm. So it's just like about having fun and yeah, like experimenting within the software. I was going to say, do you think that you're able to be more creative using digital 3D software or with physical materials? Uh, it depends on what I'm creating. So I was always fascinated with digital software uh, and specifically rendering for architecture um, because as a student, I can only really make physical models, but that's not like the actual building. I can't visualize how it would be on the inside or like the actual materials. So when, when I was in middle school and I was fascinated about becoming an architect, I love the idea of renderings because I could basically design any spaces and visualize them and show them to other people. So they would feel the same emotions that I felt when I first conceptualized it um, versus fashion. I'd say um, because I'm, I'm just starting out I'm more interested in the physical possibilities of fashion and experimenting with different um, fabrics and materials and patterns and seeing how um, all of the elements of creating a garment relate to one another. So I've been m mainly focusing on the physical applications of fashion. Yeah. And maybe you'll slowly transition into using 3D software in fashion once you get more comfortable with how you create fashion garments in real life because obviously in order to utilize 3D software for fashion design you also have to have a certain level of understanding of how you would design a garment in the physical world but again like I suppose it's all each to their own with how they best create but um yeah do you believe that there are benefits of 3D technology within the fashion industry Okay, so I do have um, a strong stance on this, and it may be a hint controversial on this podcast. No, I'm here um, for it. So I do like rendering in terms of visualizing something that you intend on making. Um, mm. Like for architecture, you most likely won't have the opportunity to build that structure unless you like start your own firm, which is why I love rendering for for young architects or for students because they can visualize the structure without the like huge cost of building it or like the years that would take to create that structure. Mm. Um, so you're less likely to actually create your design as an architect. Mm. However, for fashion, I think it is a bit more accessible because uh, fabrics are much cheaper than creating like a concrete building. Um, but I would say there are some applications of digital fashion that I do really enjoy. And I think it's when you try to make it look less realistic. So like a lot of major fashion houses right now are taking on digital fashion to, to make themselves uh, appear more 
um, like modern or or more in line with like the next generation of fashion. And the way they're using it, they're trying to like visualize their collections in a hyper realistic way. Mm. But I think that only works for like uh, maybe a brand like Ader Error, mm. where like the majority of their client base are in like creative fields or understand like the creative work that's going on. Like they understand um, sort of the process of, of creating the, these digital garments and they know that it's not supposed to be like hyper-realistic and that it's like an artistic expression of their work. Yeah. And then another example I have was this like Fendi snowboard video. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm pretty sure they, they hired some some artists to do this and they almost made it look like a pixelated video game. Yeah. So that's still like a digital representation for their brand, but it was it was made in such a way that it wasn't this like hyper realistic method. And I just thought like compositionally and aesthetically it looked like phenomenal. Mm. Um, so I think there are great possibilities for digital tools in fashion. Yeah. Just not a huge fan of the way it's going right now. Yeah, no, I mean, thing is, it seems crazy for me to say this because obviously I do this podcast on digital fashion, but yeah. I definitely see it as a layer on top of phys- physical fashion. I don't think, I mean, I personally am not looking to replace physical clothes in my life with digital garments I just think it's an interesting way I think yeah there's different elements to it so obviously you have it for the design process and then it can be more sustainable or you can do it for the fun and novelty of wearing digital clothes if that's what you want to do or brands can do it to elevate their marketing campaigns and I think they're all interesting things but I think yeah, when you say you don't like the way it's going, is it because you don't want to be completely detached from physical reality? Is that what you mean? Um, I say for two reasons. One, um, there's so many creative individuals like in existence, and I just don't want them to be steered away to something else that may not apply to the physical world. Mm. So, like something even towards like the metaverse, a lot of creatives are going to work on that but there are like a lot of real world issues that we have that I feel like their talents could be applied to more and that could actually help a lot more people and then the second reason is um a lot of like large fashion brands will try to appeal to like gen z or or just like create a statement by using digital fashion and I think um like like I said before, they'll try like that hyper realistic approach, or just like trying to visualize their collections so people can use them as like Instagram filters or something like that. But I think there are much more possibilities if you take like a hyper conceptual approach yeah. to digital fashion. Like look at inspiration from like Central Saint Martins, like they have like crazy student work. Mm-hmm. So I think if if they use digital tools to create something that's like never been seen before, rather than just like creating your clothing in a digital format. Yeah, no, I, I do hear what you're saying. So kind of to remind people that it's not to do, to still 
execute projects and create things that have depth and meaning rather than a quick fix in a digital tool just to kind of for social media, things like this. I, I do agree with you there. And I also really like what you said about using digital fashion for really conceptual things that maybe have meaning that you couldn't achieve with physical materials. But yeah, I think that's a really interesting take on it. And I've not heard that opinion before, but it's it's definitely relevant. But for me, I think it's and it's also interesting just going back to what you said even earlier about how for for architects, having accessibility to create a building is obviously impossible, but then having physical materials to create clothes is a lot more accessible. But it's funny because usually the opinion with digital fashion is that it's more accessible than creating garments in physical world because of obviously gathering materials. But I suppose both opinions are true. It's just the way that you're looking at it. But I think it makes sense from your opinion and from your stance from being an architect to then see that digital fashion creating things with material is obviously more accessible. So that makes sense. But then specifically, you've done a project on footwear using 3D technology. So maybe we can talk a bit more about that. So why did you choose to use 3D to create your footwear concept and not physical materials? Yeah, I can just add on to the last statement you yeah, made. Yeah. Um, I, I do see digital tools as a possibility for fashion students like for ex- to make it more accessible to create garments mm. however i'm not a huge fan of like when i see on instagram people making these videos of like um some like large puffer jacket or something that they create in a digital tool but mm. they have like no they have no goal or expectation of creating a physical form like they just did it to to showcase on their instagram or to make an nft but they're not actually planning to to take that further and create the physical version. So I, I do support yeah. digital tools as like the first step in visualizing what you actually want to make. Yeah, no, I like that. And I think it goes back to what you said about if you're going to do something, have depth and meaning and like a creative idea behind it, not just doing it for a cool picture for Instagram kind of thing I I do get that but yeah and maybe people can do that without the intention of creating something physical but it's still like there it's still art that means something to them rather than just doing it for quick likes shallow reasons so yeah that makes sense yeah yeah and to your question about the shoes um I don't really know it was just like late at night and I wanted to Mm. work on something fun um, mm. I was like, oh, I never made shoes before, like using Rhino. And yeah. Rhino is an architecture software. So it was like, okay. Um, and also in the past month or two, I did learn some new tools in Rhino that I wanted to try out. Mm. So it was like, okay, I can try this with creating a shoe because uh, it's, a, it's a smaller form than any building. Mm. And once I started the project I was really excited so I just like kept on going and then after I worked on the renderings uh, of the concept shoe and then I would actually like follow through with what I said before and consider making a physical version of that maybe 3d printing or using some sort of resin yeah so did you have to learn how 
footwear product development did you have to learn anything about that in order to create the render or was it more just for the look of it that you created it in 3d yeah so it is the look um the shoe itself is actually a shoe cover so you wouldn't be able to to wear it with just a sock it would actually like wrap around whatever shoe you're wearing Mm. um and i i actually don't know like even if i 3d printed it or made it out of some material um how stable it would be so maybe it's more of a sculptural piece yeah um but be interesting to find out yeah i'm actually on the side of creating things that are functional um like pushing pushing the boundaries between something that looks conceptual but is actually functional in this case it may not be functional but it's still really fun to work on yeah so with the design of the actual footwear itself did you did you were you just playing around with rhino and then it kind of came to life or did you have an idea in your mind before starting it um i had absolutely no idea what i thought the shoe would look like Mm. Uh, however the the tool set that i used i did have in mind it was like what i just learned myself and um, basically what i do is when i work on a project um, and maybe after like doing something for class where I stumble upon a new tool or, or a couple of tools. And then I work on an independent project and I use all of them together for the first time. And then I see the possibilities of doing that. And then like, as the year goes by and I'm learning more and more tools, I apply it to different projects and my, my work grows from there because I've learned so many applications to the program. Yeah. So going back to obviously your page, Young Arcs, are you wanting to steer this more in the direction of fashion as well? Or what are your goals for this platform you're creating? Yeah, um, I think I want to stay strictly on the side of architecture for the Young Arcs. Like continue with the the goal that I had in mind or Basically, like the point of the page was just to share the student work. Um, But for the future, I've considered that I want to um, collaborate with more students um, and more like architecture accounts and then also showcase architecture schools from around the world that haven't been really like represented because there is like a really amazing talent out there. The designers and students of today are really great. And like some of them don't reach out to accounts um, to have their work featured. Like they don't think of that. So like I actually still message a lot of students um, like consistently about, hey, I thought your work was really good. And if they want to be featured on my page. Mm. Yeah, no, I love it. You're obviously, it's clear you have a lot of passion for this subject. I'm wondering just as more for you personally, do you, is this, do you spend most of your free time working on this, working on new things in, yeah, do you live a more normal student life as well as well as this? Or are you always... Yeah, um, so I'm like doing something design related from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep, <laughs> uh, whether it's like finding people to feature on my account or like develop or curating posts for the Young Arcs 
or working on side projects. So like I'm actually working on an architecture t-shirt collection with two other students. Um, and then just working on uh, like independent projects for architecture or creating clothing for myself or working on my actual like studio work for school and my classwork, yeah. uh, which is all architecture related. Um, so I like I'm basically always doing something design related. Like I still live a life. It's just I consider this to be my life. Yeah. And then like what's so great about going to design school is there's so much overlap between what you're doing and what other students are working on. So you're surrounded by other individuals you're either working with or you can like talk to about your projects that's so cool so what started your interest in design like have were you kind of born this way or was there some influence when you were younger that made you so obsessed um i'd say there's some influence in my upbringing like um for my parents Mm. but it was my decision to go into architecture and then eventually fashion Mm. um and then like through the years i've worked through other mediums like digital art um so i'd say it's a mix sort of a mix of my upbringing but also it just became something that i did all the time like since middle school like during my free time i would just work on architecture projects learning software understanding the community more I'm learning about like the history of architecture and mm. basically like absorbing as much information as I could. Yeah. And then as I grew and like came into college, I basically like adapted that technique to like digesting as much inspiration as I can. So I'm like constantly looking up different student works and looking at like different um, projects that people are working on at different design schools so I'm like constantly like exposing myself to more and more inspiration. Mm. And so like if someone asked me, oh, what am I inspired by? It's not a singular thing. It's just me looking at student work like so frequently that when I work on a project, I have like so many fresh ideas that came from all of this stuff that I've looked at. Yeah. And do you ever have creative blocks Yes, I still I still experience creative blocks. Yeah, and um, how do you get yourself out of those? Or is there no way? And just yeah. Um, so far, um, for a while, I haven't experienced that. Mm. Um, it it may occur like if if I'm if I'm up late at night, like maybe it's on a weekend, and I just want to work on a project similar to the shoe project though i just want to like work on something um Mm. like new that night um and i might not have any ideas or like i'm modeling in rhino or working in photoshop and like nothing's coming out that i like and then i just basically accept that oh that night it's not working the best for me and like there's like this mindset in science like if, if your research didn't prove something, then at least at least you know that that's not the right answer. So like by working on a project that I don't like, I know that, oh, I don't want to do that like ever again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like seeing what you don't want so you know more what you do want. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think like when you're following 
your passion and like things that truly excite you, you kind of have this infinite spell of good ideas. I think when you get these idea blocks, it's sometimes an indication that you're not actually fully passionate, even though, I mean, obviously there's peaks and troughs with anything that you're doing. But I think when you truly love something like, yeah, you seem to just, the ideas flow and it's clear that you love what you're doing. So it makes sense that you don't have huge creative blocks. But what advice would you give to individuals or architects who are wanting to do something similar to you or improve their design skills with physical or digital materials? Do you have any advice for those people? Yeah. Um, To start off, I'd say learn a set of tools. So like if you're working in a digital program, um, start off learning some tools for it. Like it can just be the basic functions of the software and then like work on a project using those tools and then maybe watch tutorials or just like hover over the different icons to see what they do. And then as you learn more tools, create more projects and your work will develop from there. Mm. Um, Another main uh, suggestion I have is that it's better to experiment than to try to gain attention. So I see like some people who just want to like have a brand or they just want to have a fashion brand and they're not, they're not really concerned about the experimentation phase. Like when you're just in your room, like sewing things together and figuring out how to make things or like even just sitting on your computer and trying things out. I think that's like a crucial stage. Um, Like it's not, it's not a prerequisite that, that's painful it's actually something that's probably the most enjoyable like working on things that you like and that you're passionate about and then after that you can promote it and you'll gain attention from your work but i would say don't try to just like start a brand um, and skip the process of experimentation and like want to get to the, the phase of oh i'm gaining all of these followers on instagram or oh i on I own a brand that gets a lot of attention mm-hmm. because then once you have a brand, then like you might uh, foster some attention, but because you didn't do that experimentation, you won't have the time or you won't have the ability to do that. Yeah. Now I think what you're saying is it's clear that you really value authentic work and the real creative process. So I really like that, but Obviously, what you're doing is quite niche in a sense of combining architecture and fashion. Do you think it's important for people to have this niche or a niche? Um, I sort of half do and half don't. Mm. Um, definitely don't feel pressured to have your own like self-identity. Like You have to dress a specific way to stand out from everyone else. Like mm. that's, that's not necessarily true. You don't have to this like archetype that everybody knows you for wearing this singular thing um or for like appearing some sort of way but i'd say just just create work that you're passionate about that like you want to like like when you go to sleep you can't wait to wake up the next day to work on it even more um and i think like if you're passionate about your work then then naturally some sort of identity will come out of it. Like if, if you're creating work that you're passionate about, it's not going to be identical to someone else's. Yeah. No, I think that's really, really good advice. Really good. So where do you think the future of fashion is going? 
That's an interesting question. <laughs> um, I see a lot of criticism towards the fashion community in terms of sustainability, and I like I, I think we're even in a post-reactionary period where we've all been like tricked into the idea that some brands are sustainable, but they're actually just greenwashing or promoting themselves as sustainable. So I think in the next, I guess, decades or within the next generation, we'll become very critical of fashion brands. Mm. Um, a good example is, um, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right, Maureen Sayre. Mm-hmm. Um, she like converted her brand to upcycling. So like all or majority of her garments are like different textiles sewn together. And like, she's actually gained a lot of support for taking on that, that message. Yeah. And she still creates like beautiful garments. She's just using that approach now. And I think that's a great like source of inspiration or representation of like the possibilities of fashion, like using dead stock fabrics. Um, you don't have to like be wasteful to create great things. Yeah, no, that's, that's a really um, nice way to put it. I, I agree that I think a magnifying glass will kind of be put on brands because yeah, because sustainability and also just, yeah, transparency is so important. So I think, yeah, it's definitely something I think if anyone's wanting to start a brand or has a brand that they realize that and understand the importance of authenticity and also sustainability in that. So I think that's really good advice. So finally, where can people check out your work and what you do? Yeah. Um, so my personal, I guess, like art and design website is joshuaabramovich.com. So that contains all of my architecture projects, digital art and fashion. And then also all of my articles, um, because I do write about fashion and design as well. And then you can always follow the Young Arcs and see the incredible students' work being made um, from architecture students around the world. Yeah. And like, hopefully there will be some articles out, um, different publications about my work. Yeah. Uh, that's a bit optimistic. I'm hoping soon. So maybe keep an eye out for my name in the design community yeah no i will for sure and i definitely want to look at some of your articles i think that'd be really interesting yeah thank so, you. yeah thank you so much without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.